So just quickly yesterday, as a quick recap of what we did, um, we looked at four different platforms of preparing for college because part of choosing the right college is being at the right position to make the right choices. So we looked at um, preparing emotionally, how a child is going to be ready emotionally to leap home and make good choices. We looked at um, the spirituality of a child and to make to hone in on the fact that it's good to have a relationship with Jesus and know your Lord and Savior as your personal Savior before you leave home because 75% of seniors who profess to be Christian will leave the church in their freshman year. And that's any denomination. That's a Christian denomination, not a SBA statistic. Um, we then looked at finances and how to um, prepare financially and a summary of that is Long-term planning, or there are a couple of short-term things you can do right at the end as you're getting ready. Because you don't really want your choice of college to be determined, welcome, by um, lack of finances and having to settle for something. Um, so the biggest preparation is, um, so those are all important things. And then we came into the academic arena and quickly looked at what you can do during the elementary years to be ready for high school. And now we're going through each year in high school and the things that you'll need to be doing in order to be ready to fly the coop and, and be at college when you're 18, 19. And we left it off right at the end of the junior year. So we're going to start off this afternoon by launching into the senior year. And then I've got a couple of other miscellaneous topics at the end. And then I'll launch off into some websites and show you some resources that you can use and um during the last leg of the journey. So, here we go. So, Philippians verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Coming into your senior year, um, just hope and pray that this is what your mind is dwelling on as you're contemplating the big world out there when you get out of the small coop of the school. So during the summer, there are things that you can do before the senior year begins. Hopefully uh, during the junior year, you've been looking at colleges, maybe visiting a couple of them, and you've taken a big pool and gradually knocked out the ones that don't have the career, the path that you want, or don't have the entry requirements that you can make or you know you, you've knocked that pool down as you've researched their website and discovering what you want to do so hopefully it's getting down to three choices um, that you want to apply to um, senior year gets busy so you know if you want to do your best during the senior year why not use your summer to do all your applications um, at Andrews all you need to be able to make a decision is your high school transcript freshman through the end of, of junior year, so six semesters, and some test scores, and the application. It's an online application. You can upload those two things into the application, and within a week or so, the decision comes back to you, um, acceptance or not. If you don't feel your test scores are high enough for scholarships, but they're high enough to be admitted, it's not going to hurt scholarships, Andrews. So you can always apply and then send in more test scores and they'll review it and the scholarships might go up. Um, what you want to do for other universities that might be on your list that you're applying to is just check out what, how they do those sort of things because we're all different and tweaked in different ways. So you'll want to see if sending in a lower test score might hurt or where your test score is setting you at the moment for the admission standard or the, the scholarship standard that they're going to be offering. Um, because you just got to remember that no one ever pays the sticker price at private universities, no matter if it's SDA or other. They have to stick a price and then they knock this, they knock that, they knock that, they knock that, and then you end up paying this price down here. So yes, Andrews University is listed as the highest paying Seventh-day Adventist University out there, but you'll probably end up paying the same to go there as you would at, say, Southern or Union when it comes down to it. And if, if the special promotions fit your niche, you might even find yourself paying less. So don't give up on anything that shows a high sticker price. Do your research, talk with a financial counselor, and you'll find out what you can afford and what the actual bottom line will be. 
So I encourage summer applications because then you've got it done. You don't have to worry about it. You know if you're that one little mark-off on the score, test score, if you want a higher scholarship. Um, so you know if you want to take the test in the fall or the spring and you can plan it out and study accordingly. Homeschool transcript. Um, at Andrews University, they do accept the mummy transcript or daddy transcript, whoever does the transcript. All it needs is a signature to be official. So you can, we do acceptances on unofficial transcripts. So you can just email it in, fax it in, mail it in, whichever is the easiest, or upload it into the application. Um, and you'll find that it will be totally fine for an acceptance. And then once you finish the transcript, then sign it and send in the official one at the end of the senior year. Um, I will show you a resource on the Andrews website that will help you create a transcript if you're struggling on how that works. So during the senior year, there's a lot going on, so I divided it into two semesters. So here is the fall semester. The brand new thing that just came out this year is that FAFSA can be done in October. I used to say, get your parents to do that tax return ASAP because you've got to do the FAFSA in February or March and you can't finish it until parents' tax returns or even your own tax return is done. But now they're doing the FAFSA application in October. So let's say you did the FAFSA application in February. 2017 coming up, they would look at taxes for 2016. But if you do your application in October of this year, they would look at 2015 taxes. So if you know there's going to be a big difference on your tax return, you might want to apply for FAFSA accordingly because you want to maximize what you can get free from the government. So um, that's why we're encouraging some summer applications now, because if you're accepted and then you get your FAFSA done in October, you've got a whole six, eight months to start planning for how you're going to be able to make this bill. Instead of finding out in July what you're expected to pay, you might find out in December what you're expected to pay next August. The huge amount of difference that can help with planning your family resources. Do you have a question? Sometimes you can do it that way, but what FAFSA has done now is it can look back a further year. So you can actually, if you do it in October, you can actually look back the previous year. You can always then go back in the spring and update it if you want it to look at 16 instead of 15. But I, I, I was told before I came here, because they were updating me on this, that you can actually use the prior year. So for instance, when my daughter started her freshman year, she got a Pell Grant because we were self-employed building a business. We only had $30,000 on our tax return as income. We were living on savings still. The following year, we had $70,000 on our tax return, and she got no Pell Grant. If this had been an option, she would have got the Pell Grant for a second year. And that's a five, $6,000 free money for college that you don't have to pay back from the government. So just looking at your finances, and saying, which one's going to be better for me? Um, if, if you need help choosing that, talking with a financial advisor at one of your universities of choice would, um, would help you think through and the different details as well. Yeah. yeah. Federal, it doesn't make any difference federally. It's at the state level that's going to make a difference. And for Michigan, it's March 1. So if you want to be first in line for Michigan, yes, you do have to do it as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. So we were too high. By the time we moved to Michigan, it didn't matter to us. We One year, we had an extension. We filed like August, and it was a nightmare getting our daughter financially cleared, <laughs> visits to the tax office, everything. So you don't want to leave it like that. That was just due to circumstances that we had to work through. Yeah. So in the fall, you want to finish up visiting the colleges and universities. You can read about a university or a college, and you can do all sorts of research. You can talk to people who have been there. You can talk to your friends about what they think about it. But there's nothing like actually going and visiting it for yourself, seeing a dorm room, seeing the cafeteria, and imagining yourself there. Can you imagine yourself there? Um, so I highly recommend that 
you go and visit the schools of choice that you're applying to. If you've got time before application or, you know, get the application in if time's running out and do the visit in the fall. If you're at GLA, you've got home leave, maybe sort something out that weekend. Um, and parents, I mean, I as a parent was a very laid back approach with my older daughter going into college. I was just letting her do it. I'm more on top of things now with the younger one, even though she keeps saying, Mom, I don't need help. Um, but I want to be involved because I want to know what I need to plan and what's going to happen. And I know my daughter and I know what, how, if I go with her to all these things, I'll know how to advise her correctly. So if you've got a child in, um, an Adventist school and they're going on all these trips to see these universities that the school plans, I still think parents, if you can just take a one-on-one -on -one with your child, I think it will speak more volumes to your family dynamic and relationship. Um, going through college with your child, um, if, it, if you're able to and able to afford the trip. So I also suggest that, you know, during freshman, sophomore, junior years, if you're taking a family vacation near a university that might be on the list, hey, stop in. It's a, it's a free visit. <laughs> you're not paying extra money just to go down there. Um, Andrews covers two nights of accommodation and the food while you're there for those two nights for this prospective student and immediate family, so like parents and siblings. All the other schools do it as well. Some of them might even put a $250 travel allowance in. Can't remember which one does it, but I know there's at least one or two of them that do it. Um, so uh, it's nothing like going and visiting. Then in the spring semester, you know, if you've done those three schools and you're like, no, nah, I didn't like any of those. Well, you've still got a whole semester left to research some more or visit some more that were on the list that you said, no, I'm not going. So just in case, I put it in there that you've got more time for follow-up visits if needed. It's also the time where the application is in, you've got your acceptance, hopefully. You'll be able to talk with financial advisors. Um, I encourage early talking with financial advisors. Um, I draw examples from Andrews because that's the school I was working at. You just have to think of those same things with the other schools. It probably works very similar. Um, the, we, the, at Andrews University, there are four advisors in the financial department for 3,400 students. So if you can imagine, if all those 3,400 students contact the advisor a week before school, you're going to have a long line, and you're not going to get personalized attention. Um, so I encourage early talking with financial advisor because you'll have the undivided attention. And I also encourage um, getting to know the financial advisor personally. One of my daughter's friends had a big major financial upset during her university time at Andrews. And because she'd made the effort to go in personally with her advisor, and the advisor knew her really well, she actually received some extra gift aid when she went through that crisis. And it got her through that semester. So you never know what unforeseen circumstances can happen. And Andrews University does have gift aid that they don't advertise anywhere. And the way that gets distributed out is by looking at your tax return. So it can make it more affordable. I mean, if you're a Pell Grant person, you're going to get way more gift aid than anyone else will. And if you're a special circumstances, like um, split parents, and single parents, um, they'll work with you in your unique situation. I know they worked with us when my husband went through his medical crisis, which drew us from California to here and kept our daughter in school. And they worked with us on, gave us some extra gift aid this semester we needed it. So, also in the spring semester, April 1 is the magic day where class registration opens up at Andrews University. Every university is going to have that magic day where classes open up. Um, as an incoming freshman, you want to have a really nice schedule. Um, I think I shared yesterday my daughter decided at the last minute to go to Andrews. She couldn't get a job the first semester because her schedule was so terrible. You know, she had a, a class at 7 a.m. and one at 3 in the afternoon on another day. She had no day free. She had no morning free, no afternoon free. So it was really hard to get a job. 
So by registering early for classes, you also get to pick the professor that you want, that you might have heard about, that will fit your personality well and you might get a better grade with them. So you have that option available. And you also means you'll get a really nice schedule. You might be able to pack everything into the mornings except for maybe one lab in an evening or an afternoon. Um, so that can really help with finding a job on campus. Um, and then you can also apply for a room in a residence hall. Um, I haven't heard of any early advantages on that. It's just one less thing to stress about. It's done, completed. Um, there's certain dates where you have you your deposit is refunded or non-refundable, so you can, you know, if you're still tossing and forwarding between two places, you can still carry on with both. Um, if you decide, if you're doing everything you're, if you decide you want to come to Andrews, you're doing everything, going along, going along, doing everything that you're prompted to do as it happens, and at the last minute you decide to go to Southern or somewhere else or stay at home at community college, you actually don't need to do anything at Andrews unless you've paid some money and you want to get it back. Um, we accept, I think, about 2,200 students every year. And we have about three or 400 show up. So we kind of guesstimate who's showing up by who does all the things, like apply for dorm, get a financial clearance, and that sort of thing. That's how we know how many are, are going to be coming. For freshman students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to say three or four thousand, three thousand maybe. We work really hard to get as many as possible completed. But some kids just say, nah, change your mind and just say, don't contact me anymore. But we work really hard to get every application through to the finishing process with phone calls and emails and texts and letters and, and everything. So our biggest problem is getting test scores in from the Adventist schools. So. So spring semester, you know, if you just missed that scholarship, it might be worthwhile retaking the SAT or ACT. So that's why it's listed there in spring semester. I was working with two homeschool twins my last year at Andrews, and they were very bright. They did some, took advantage of some of our pre-college classes, and they'd already done pre-calculus. And then they took their SATs, or the, no, they took the ACT. And they got like 29 and 30. I was like, oh, that is really good. You know, you've got 12,000, you've got 10,000 a year, you've got 12,000 a year. Because you jump it up 2,000 between at 30. I said, but you know what? You've done calculus one and calculus two now since you took this test. Why not try again one more time and see if you can get a full ride scholarship at 33.25? And one of them managed it. And their dad went berry picking and gave me a whole basket full of berries off. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know how much money that saved them? Just their daughter. Yeah. The other one bumped up to the next level with the extra 2,000. But, you know, twins going through at the same time? Yeah. No problem. No problem. What is the minimum I'll go through that. Yeah, I'm gonna, I haven't covered that yet. No. No, we are, um, coming down to the nitty gritty and I will hone in on to Andrews, but it just gives you an example of what there is out there at other places as well. And you can do the same sort of research on the website that I can show you on Andrews. It just makes you a little more familiar with what's going on. So this seminar is called Choosing the Right College. And I believe everything that we have talked about plays into the role of choosing the right college. Um, but choosing the right college is also about trusting God and knowing God and listening to his voice as to where he's leading you to go to college. So this is a very famous verse, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So you're coming down through this process through high school and you're wondering, what should I look at for in a college? You know, where can I study the program that I've chosen? I want to study architecture, or I want to study criminal justice. Um, until a year ago, there was no Adventist college that you could study criminal justice at. You can do it at Andrews now. Um, so you know the program you want, but where do I go to study that? How am I going to work from being a freshman through to a senior, maybe four years, 
hopefully four years, maybe five if I need to, but every year costs more money. How can I manage that path effectively and come out the person that God wants me to be at the end of it? So other questions to ask. How far do you want to be away from home? Is your child really independent and they can go over to California? It doesn't matter. They can be home once a year to see you. Is that okay with you, the parent, that your child goes that far? We did it the other way around. Um, do you want to go to an accredited college or a non-accredited college? That was a choice that my daughter faced. Um, and having worked in the admissions department now, I just want to say one thing. Unaccredited SDA colleges have their place and they are fantastic at what they do. If you're going into medical missionary work or missionary work or being a pastor, um, if you know you're going to get into Loma Linda University for pre-med so you can do your pre for medicine and you can do your pre-med at Weimar, um, little things like that, then you'll, you're going to have a great experience at a non-accredited Adventist college. Uh, no government grants available, it's all cash. Um, but if you want to be a nurse, or you want to be a teacher, or you want to go on to graduate studies, you're going to need an accredited degree. So if your child is leaning more towards needing the accredited degree, but they still want the experience at these other places, then do it for the experience, don't do it for the academics. And that's what I, I think is good advice in, in looking at it. Um, as a transfer counselor at Andrews, there were so many times I would um, have students come from these places and I would say, all we can take are three religion classes from your two years of transcripts. And it's so frustrating for them. But I did Christian education and I did this education class and this education class. Yes, but Andrews is accredited and they don't, and their accreditation says no unaccredited credits are allowed. So it really got to watch what your ultimate goal is and make the decisions wisely. And some amazing things can happen at these unaccredited colleges. And it might be what your child needs. It might be. So, so is college even the right choice in my life right now? Um, you know, there's maturity levels. It might not be right for your child. You know, if they've if you feel they're not at the right maturity, then keep them home, get them to a job for a, a year to learn some responsibility, or send them away as a student missionary for a year. Um, there are so many things that you can do during a gap year. Or you can even do a study abroad program. If you want to learn another language, you can spend a year in Spain, a year in Italy, a year in Argentina, and learn another language. Or if culture is what you want to learn. You can go to Newport College in England and travel around Europe. It's an amazing experience, that one. It might not be what your program is, but it might really broaden your horizons, and especially if you're undecided still, can still give you some options of what to choose now. So that's, um, there is a book, what, Why College Matters to God. And this is a book that really formed the basis of everything that I'm saying here, and really what sparked me thinking about why do we choose college? <coughs> why do we choose which college we do? And God really is part of that decision if our ultimate goal in life is to be found in his kingdom. I shared yesterday that my husband went to a secular university in Southern California to do his accounting degree. And as you know, every general education has a philosophy class. Now, at our Adventist schools, we teach it from a Christian perspective. Um, he walked into a classroom of philosophy with an atheist teacher. And the atheist teacher said to the class of two or three hundred at the beginning, my goal is to have everyone an atheist by the end of this class. And so my husband had a really tough time in that class. And as a transfer counselor, I also had experiences where students were like, I was getting an A in that class, but the teacher didn't believe in my creationist views and I got an F. And I'm going to get a lower scholarship coming into Andrews because of that. So I would plead their case if that was the case, and they just found it wasn't the right fit for them. My older daughter is a crowd follower, a people pleaser, and she did three weeks in a community college, and she cried every morning before she went, and she cried every evening she came home, and this was her junior year of college. Um, 
and because they were just forcing evolution on her in every single class, not just science, it was every single class, and she couldn't cope with it. Her personality was such that she just couldn't cope. Um, she has to please the professor. She wants to be the best in the classroom. She's a perfectionist, and she felt she couldn't be herself. Um, so we moved to Michigan so she could go back to Andrews. Um, so here's a couple of quotes from that book. Our Christian worldview affects the subject we study, but the truth learned in that subject may in turn influence our Christian worldview. This back and forth process continues throughout our lives as Christian learners. And then on page 108, more than just the relationship between professor and student, the integration of faith and learning affects the actual classroom environment itself. So that's the things that my daughter was experiencing there. Uh, which is why I believe that you need to know Jesus Christ as your personal savior before you go. If your child is going to a public university, you need to connect them in with the church and make sure it's a good church in their area that can nurture them while they're at the public university um, so that they've got that connection still with church. Because remember the statistic, 75% of college Christian seniors will leave the church within 12 months of graduating from high school. So the war is real between, the great controversy is real. It's the devil's last time while these minds are influential to sway them in one direction. So that is, in a nutshell, why I am a, I believe in Adventist Christian education. Um, but each person, each family's situation is unique, and I think that decisions should just be made on our knees in prayer with our children. So coming back to look at the dual enrollment, um, I'm going on to some miscellaneous items and one of them will be admission standards. We'll get to that. So dual enrollment, um, there are reasons to do dual enrollment. Dual enrollment is when you're a high school student and you're taking college classes that will be on your high school transcript for credit. You can also do dual enrichment. Now that is when, excuse me, when you do high school classes and you're doing college classes, but they're not going to feed back to your high school transcript. So there's a difference. So when I say dual enrollment, it affects your high school transcript. So there's reasons to do it. Um, you can save money on college because, you know, if you know the path you're going to take and you can get a couple of classes done, it might knock a semester off. Um, I wouldn't do it for that reason, though. Um, my daughter was ready to, she's going into junior year, my other younger one, and she was ready to take calculus this year, but we decided not to just because I felt waiting one year, she'll get a better grade. So she's going to wait a year. It can definitely improve your ACT and SAT scores. Like I said with those homeschool twins, their senior year they did pre-calculus, calculus one and calculus two, and their SAT, ACT really bumped up. You can also do um, AP English to bump up the English ones. So to improve ACT, SAT scores is really the English and the math that you'll be looking at to improve those scores. Um, it also gives you a slow start to college. It gives you, especially coming from a homeschool background, I think actually going to your local community college and doing a class or two gets you used to a classroom environment if you've never had it before. Um, so that not everything is new when you suddenly go to college. I think it can be very beneficial. Um, we do have online college courses that you can do from Andrews to supplement any program, any school you're at. If you have a free period in your senior year, you can sign up for one of our online classes. I would say if you've got what, up to two free periods, you can do one college class. If you've got up to four free periods, you can do two college classes because it goes at a fast pace. So two high school periods is worth one college period. So one credit in high school is worth three credits at college if you're looking at how to do it on the transcript. That's the frequent question I would get asked from homeschool parents or even from the Adventist Academies. Now, how does this credit system work? <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of how it works. One high school credit is worth three college credits. So in high school, you do... English for a whole year, and you get one credit at the end of the year. You get half in fall and half in spring. 
whereas a college class only runs fall or spring, which is why I say you need two class periods in high school, which combined together is a half credit and a half credit for one credit to manage one three-credit class. So that's kind of a ratio there. I have a question. I, I, I didn't see the paperwork on that this year, but I believe that we made special provision for GLA because it went over two semesters and we don't ever do that. So we didn't actually register your final grade till spring semester, and it would have been three credits. So, mm -hmm. but I can show you how to get in there and look and see what's in the system. Taking dual enrollment is another way to learn time, and man time management. Learn what, heist, what college professors expect of you before you're lumped with five of them all at once. You're just doing one at a time to learn. And I say that if you're interested in sophomore year doing dual enrollment, start with things like art or creative things or PE or swimming or lifeguarding or practical things. I wouldn't recommend um, the scholastic academic ones to a junior year. And I know, Andrews, you can't do the English ones until your senior year. But anything else is available at junior year. Yeah, it's, it's definitely how the world is moving. As education has been dumbed down, the levels are just coming lower instead. <laughs> what I've been thinking in the back of my mind on that one. Oh, good. Through Andrews or somewhere else? That's nice to hear. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first year on that one, and I, I still see one of the students walking around campus now that did it. So. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice opportunity for Avenger schools because you don't have the same resources of public schools, so linking in with Andrews does, you're still getting the Christian education aspect, but managing to start a little early. Yeah. It does get tweaked and changed each semester. Um, I don't know what they're planning on adding or taking away at the moment. It's hard to do sciences online, so that's one they don't tend to do. But I know they tend to stick to the general education table so that you're picking out a religion, your English, your math, and your social studies. And it's hard to do science or service or physical education online. So they're just kind of picking into those other boxes. Yeah, you can't do PE online. <laughs> but that was easy to do at community college, that one. Yeah, yeah. So scholarships are definitely a way to get free money to get through college. So here's some tips for internal scholarships. You need to search the website of the university or college you want to go to to see what the free money is available there. Um, I'll take you through the Andrews scholarships, give you some examples of what you can look out, look for out there because we pretty much look at what others are doing and then tweak it to what we think will really work and market us well. Um, so I'll give you some ideas of that. There are targeted scholarships or merit-based scholarships. Um, targeted scholarships are, there's a few programs at Andrews University that they're trying to build up. Either they're brand new or they've had a little trough, so they're trying to build them up. One of those is engineering, has an extra $2,000 a year. Teaching has an extra $2,000 a year. Anything in the art department, um, architecture, graphic and design, art, photography, all $2,000 extra a year. Um, and then nursing. Instead of the Andrews Partnership Scholarship and the, t and the merit, you get $19,000 a year if you've got certain academic requirements to get it. Um, that basically covers your tuition for four years. You're just paying for room and board. So if you're interested in nursing, you definitely need to come and look at Andrews at the moment, because that won't last forever. They just need to boost the program up again. Um, so merit-based scholarships are based on your academic performance at high school. So that's some of the key words you're going to hear when you're searching college websites is target and merit. So check the college websites and read the detail. And then ask your assigned recruiter for details. 
It's a little harder at public universities to do this, but it's pretty slam dunk about what they've got to offer because really the sticker price is what you're going to pay. Um, I was looking at doing a career change through education when I left Andrews. And so I researched Western Michigan University, which is in Kalamazoo, and Ball State University in South Bend, Indiana, and Andrews. And Andrews was the cheapest. So, yeah, because I wasn't available for any freshman scholarships. And I was out of state for Indiana. If I'd moved to Indiana, that would have been the cheapest. But then if I was going into teaching, which is what I was thinking of doing, it was very different teaching to what Michigan wanted. Plus, Andrews has the highest pass rate for the teaching exams in the whole of the state of Michigan. So, and Western Michigan is one of the lowest. So I was like, well, why do I want to go there? It's going to cost me more money and I'm not going to pass the classes, <laughs> the exams. So um, asking the recruiter for details on the scholarships is helpful if you're not understanding what it's saying on the website. or you. I'm an auditory learner. I hear better than I read. Um, and keep on the mailing list for updates, because as you're narrowing your choices down, it might come down to financial reasons, and then scholarship might be a part of that. So things do change. I know, um, when was it? We just finished the 15-16 academic year, Andrews. And April 15, they totally revamped scholarships for that August. And there wasn't much time to get the word out. That's when the board was. So we contacted everyone on our mailing list. So staying in touch, um, even if you've put it aside, you know, if you're still getting updates, you know, one thing might just spark and you've changed your mind. You never know. For external scholarships, here's a few tips um, on what to look for. I'm going to write that zinch.com down so we can go to that one. You don't have to pay anything to apply for an external scholarship. By external, I mean it's not coming from the school that you've chosen. So if you win this external scholarship, you can take it to any university that they let you take it to. And it will be transferable. If you change university, you'll take that scholarship with you. So you don't pay anything to apply, and you don't give out your social security number. There's a lot of people out there trying to get money on social security numbers and doing fraud. <laughs> so that's just a couple of tips. Um, you can start local, like your Chamber of Commerce, to see what there is locally. But we'll, we'll take a look out there at zinch.com and see what there is out there um, and some the websites that they've got listed to go to and apply. Um, here they talk about gap year programs, but we've already covered that, so I won't spend too much time on that. It just it delays it by a year. Yeah. Now, if you're finishing your senior year and you're accepted, but then you decide to take a gap year, we can delay the admissions if you're not doing anything academic. Um, but the financial clearance would have to be restarted. So you can also do gap years during your time in college. I know between sophomore and junior year is a good time. Between junior and senior is not a good time because when it comes to upper division classes, they're normally taught every other year. Because to increase the class size and to be able to offer programs that don't have many students in them. So you want to watch out for those sort of decisions. But after freshman and sophomore year, you can easily take a gap year and it not be a problem. So we're going to have a look at all these resources here. Um, we'll go to each of the home sites, the websites. But I do want to say here quickly about Khan Academy. I'm sure you've all heard about that by now. It's getting more and more famous. You can get free SAT prep on that website. Um, so you don't have to pay $200, $300 and send your child to class for SAT if they can be self-motivated and sit in front of a computer for a couple of hours a day or and over the summertime and do lots of SAT prep. So um, we'll, we'll go there and take a look. I can show you my login on that one. So um, I should have change this, we'll skip that one, it's not relevant. But here's some contact information that you might want to have. Um, Elivette Diaz replaced me at Andrews University, so she works with transfer students and homeschool students, and she has the same information that I have, so that's her phone number and her email. No, 
I don't, but um, I can give you some. Do you want to write it down or? Yeah. I have a pen up here, so. If you come by my booth over in the exhibit tent, I do have business cards for any vet. So, and I have some of the the marketing material that we give out to the prospective students there as well. Ashley Burtnett works with public high students. Um, and if you're an Adventist school, you can just contact one of these and they'll put you in contact with the Sonia or Matt. It just depends which school you're at as to whether you'll get Sonia or Matt. Sunday does most of the Michigan schools. So, yeah. Um, so we'll go over to the Andrews website next, and I'll show you the um, admission standards there that we have. If you're wanting, if your child is homeschooled and you're wanting to take advantage of dual enrollment, you need to take the SAT or ACT before you consider dual enrollment because that's the admission standard we go by. It needs to be a 21 ACT um, to be able to take part in dual enrollment as a um, homeschool. For if you're at school, you just need a GPA of 3.0 to be able to do, do that one. Okay. Yes, some, like with math, for instance, there's certain prerequisites that before you can take the class. Um, thinking if there's any other. Astronomy has prerequisite. It was really the math and science classes that the local kids do. The world history was a glass thing. Yeah, biology doesn't have a math requirement. It's only chemistry and physics because they're more math orientated. Yeah. So, this is the newly, I think it's, oh, it's been out for a little bit now, the new website. You still come across a page that looks terrible because it's the old page. We're still working on the pages you don't hit so much. <laughs> so this is the main page. I do want to point out this tab up here. It says parents. Anything that you might want to know about your child being at Andrews or learn about Andrews as a parent, really good resource. So if we go to that page, um, it's got all these things down here. And it talks about it not from the student point of view, but from the parent point of view. So that's definitely a good resource to go to. And you can find it very easily up here. As a future student, it's the next tab over here and your undergraduate, and your freshman. Or there's homeschool as well. But we'll just, we'll go to the freshman. They pop up with stories now and again about what our past students have done and what they're doing. This early college experience over here is for rising seniors. It's a, a I think it's a one week experience on the campus this summer in July. It could even be three weeks. I didn't look. Let's look up, see that what that is. It's spend your summer, and it yeah, it's three weeks. Um, boost up your SAT, do an advanced math class, um, be wined and dined, and have a great time socially outside the classroom, and come back home with a few college credits. It's about sixteen hundred dollars, and to get three college credits for sixteen hundred dollars is quite amazing, actually, and everything that you get to do on that one. So this is where you apply whatever and everything you do here. So if I look at here and go to freshman, that's pretty much what the page looks like. So here are the, uh, the requirements. If you want to apply as a freshman to go to Andrews, your GPA from high school needs to be at least 2.5. Um, your ACT or SAT test score has to be a 20 for the ACT or a 970 composite for math and critical reading for SAT. And I, if, you're, if you want to have this in a brochure form, I've got it at my booth, and I'll be there um, after the next seminar. I just hang out there till 6, so 5 till 6 tonight I'll be there. Caveat, when you're, wanted, when you're wanting to retake these tests for scholarship reasons, um, they have to be done by July 15. A number of years ago, we had a lot of students get the word out 
oh, if we take the test again at Andrews University in their testing center, we can raise our scholarship. And literally the day before classes began, they were in there trying to take tests to raise their scholarship. So they learned and they put a final date on there. Yes. Yeah. So if you're starting this fall, July 15 will be the last day you can take the test. And the national testing, it's June is the last date. It's just on Andrew's campus, we offer the test whenever you want it for residual purposes. So anyone can show up and say, hey, can I take the test today? But then you have to wait 60 days before you can take it again. So they had to put a date in there. For the ACT or the SAT? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just call the testing center on the campus. If you're not sure what that is, contact your recruiter and they can help you figure out how to get through to them. If you take it, you have to wait 60 days before you're allowed to take it again. But literally within a day or two, you can have it set up and go there and take it. Yes, but remember, yeah, but remember, it's for residual purpose only. You can't take it anywhere else. You can't take that test score to another university. Oh, okay. So yeah. Like no. No. But they do the national testing as well. So you can set that up ahead of time when those national testing dates come up and do it at Andrews. But, you know, but there's a lot of homeschoolers in that area and they want to sign up for these classes. And I'm like, well, you need to test score. Just pop along there and do it and have them send it over to me. So for internal purposes, we can have it done whenever we want to. $50. Um, so that's, and then with two recommendations from non-relatives, and then submit your official high school transcript, and if you're coming from an international background, there's English proficiency as well. And there's the dates and everything there as well. So you still can apply after July 15, it just might cost you extra $20, and it might be hard to get it all done in time. It would be stressful, but it can be done. But let's have a look over at the scholarships for incoming freshmen. It's on the financial tab. Everything you really need to know is at the forward slash undergrad website. If you look at the URL at the top, it's the forward slash undergrad is going to get you to this site. And here's some scholarships. And this goes through all the different scholarships they have. And here they are listed. Andrew's gift aid was the one I was telling you about. If your income is low, um, that's the free money that you might get as a gift after everything else. It just depends on the financial situation. The National Merit Achievement Finalists and National Hispanic Recognition Scholars, that's 100% tuition, and it starts off with the PSAT that you take in 11th grade. And it's a nationally recognized exam, and if you are one of those finalists, you, you do get a full ride. I had um, a student... It's a unique story, this one. I won't mention names or places, but there was a student that I dealt, that I transferred into Andrews, four credits shy of an unaccredited Adventist undergraduate degree. He had learned that he wanted to do an MA in religion at Andrews, and they wouldn't accept his unaccredited degree. So he was four credits shy of graduating. He came to Andrews, and he was reading on the website, and he says, I qualify for 100% tuition. And he did. He was a national merit finalist. And so he got 100% free tuition. To, and he had to do 30 credits in order to graduate from Andrews. So he had to redo a lot of stuff. So um, it's just a unique story where he, if he had graduated from the other place, he wouldn't have got it. But because he was four credits shy, he got 100% tuition paid for. It was a very unique situation, that one. The ACT-SAT scholarship, um, I should have brought, I want to show you the, the whole thing on the web, and I don't know if they've got it on the web. should have brought that with me. There is a whole grid that we've got that takes your GPA and your test score, and it meets in the middle and shows you everything there in a graphic form. If you want to see it, it's on my table in the exhibit booth. Sorry, I should have brought the materials today. Um, basically, if you get a 34 or a 1490 on your test scores, it's 100% tuition. It can go down to 33.25 with super scoring. 
Remember yesterday I talked about superscoring, but I'll, I'll just say what superscoring is again. We don't use superscoring for admission purposes, just for scholarship purposes. So let's say you, your child takes the ACT in their junior year, and they do extremely well in English. They get like a, a 33, 34 in English, but math they only get a 27. So their composite would come down to maybe 30, 31. That would give them $12,000 a year. But the 34 in English is like full ride, full rideable. So you say, you know, you're doing another year of math. You need to retake that test. So they study hard in math. They review math a lot. They go on to Khan Academy and study questions and drill themselves. And then in the spring of their senior year, they take the test again. And English comes out at 30. But math comes out at 33 or 34. Well, we'll take the highest English and we'll take the highest math and the science and the other components that ACT comes with. We'll take the highest and we'll put them together and average them out. And that's what the scholarship comes in at. So that's why it can be 33.25. It can't be 33, that's too low, but it can be 33.25. Even though it says 34 on here, they did honor a 33.25 through the super scoring process. Um, SAT is, is way more noticeable with the super scoring than ACT is. Um, so then the, um, the Be the Salt Scholarship is the Leadership Award. And I think it, it lists here Certain things that get these ones are senior class president, junior class president, student association president, um, national honor society president, newspaper editor, yearbook editor, uh, class valedictorian and salutatorian. And then if you're homeschooled, the only option is being a team leader in Pathfinders for third and fourth year. And that will give you these credits, this, this scholarship. And this scholarship is a little unique. It's not money on your bill. It's actually doing summer school online at Andrews and getting 12 free credits. So that's a whole semester free if you can wangle it and schedule it and you're not at summer camp. So it's not, if it happens, it happens, but it's not something I would really be shooting for and aiming for. Um, but it can be helpful in, in some circumstances. No, it has to be after their freshman year because we're giving out free credits. We want them to have done a year at Andrews first. <laughs> so, yeah. It's basically, it's right here. You, you click on, um, apply. This, this apply link right there. And it brings up the form and then you give that to your recruiter and you're done. You just collect the signatures, give it to your recruiter. They'll put the code in the computer database and everyone should be able to see it there. There is one caveat on, on that. The only time it does turn up as money is when you're part of the J.N. Andrews Honors Program because they have an alternative general education program and none of their alternative classes are online in the summer. So you actually get $1,200. So if your child decides to be part of that research program, and honors program, then they will get money on their bill. Um, Summer camp scholarships are awesome. The matching is like $180 a week. Megabooks can be good if your child is good at selling and going door to door. You can earn the most in a summer if you're good at it. You can, like seven or $8,000 for one summer is possible if you're maximizing out everything available. Me, I, I would not manage it, yes. Well, yeah. Well, the statistics and the calculation that I quote that from goes like this, that if you sell $10,000 worth of books, you keep 50%, which is 5,000. And then we'll match up to 50%, up to 2,500. So you add 2,500 to 5, and it's 7,500. So there's nowhere else you can earn that sort of money in a summer. No, no. <laughs> yes. Yes, if you're a team leader for Pathfinders, then the Seize the Summer, the, the Be the Salt Award is available to you. Um, your Pathfinder director will just have to sign off on it, just collect a couple of signatures, give it into your recruiter, and it should be available. 
You only have to have third year. You only have to have third year. Yeah, you really could say third year because you don't get fourth year without third year. I haven't actually seen the Beaver Salt go on a transfer student. The transfer credits are much more limited. And, um, for instance, there's no targeted scholarships. There's no ACT, SAT scholarship. It's a different one instead, and it's lower. So there are not as many options available for transfer students. Um, no full-time, no, the only 100% tuition is the National Merit Finalist for a transfer student. Um, the highest at the moment is 9,000 a year, and that's if your college GPA is 3.5 or above. So, yeah. The summer camp, the mega book, the student missionary, the field evangelism, um, they're all available for the transfer students. It's a very unique specialized one that maybe one person every year will get, and it's according to the, who the music department knows that will get it. Maybe they want a specialized instrument in their orchestra, and that's the person that will get it. So it's not something you want to apply for unless you're really asked to apply for it. Yeah. Right. I mean, oboe players are hard to find. It might go to one of them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, it would be what we've... And with, with teaching, it's important to remember that they have very specific general education requirements in order to get the to good test scores. So you can't just do any general education. You have to do this social science. You have to do this science with how the teaching goes. So, um, yeah, there's, I think Andrews actually has pretty generous scholarships. Um, but then our sticker price is high, so we do need the generous scholarships. But, the name scholarships, let's have a look at that one. That's new for me. Yeah. My daughter got this one. So let me give you an example of what my daughter got on this one. Um, she had a misunderstanding with her financial advisor, which was so unexpected because he's brilliant. But there was a misunderstanding the penultimate semester that she was at Andrews University. And because she didn't realize till January that she was going to pay an extra $1,500 on her account, she went and had a vacation over Christmas thinking, I'm covered, I'm good, I'm okay. And then she came back and found out she had to pay an extra $1,500. She panicked. Um, and it turned out that she got a named scholarship. And they gave her $7,000 because it had to go at least $5,000 to cover what she'd already got. And then she was able to get that extra 1500 that she needed. And that was a miracle in itself that she actually got that. But that was because she was liked in the department and was the um, A-star student. <laughs> so they wanted to help her out. They didn't want her to be stranded and not be able to come back and do her student teaching the following semester. Um, endowments and other restricted scholarship funds from alumni and friends of the university provide specially named scholarships as part of the Andrews Partnership Scholarship. Selective students are awarded by their school a named scholarship based on academic performance, declared major, and career goals. The named endowment scholarship becomes part of the Andrews Partnership Scholarship. So in order for her to have it count for that 1500 it had to go above her partnership scholarship. So sometimes you'll get a letter saying, um, you've been awarded $500 for, as part of this alumni scholarship, but your Andrews Partnership Scholarship was 5000 so you'll get 4500 and 500 so it's only if these named scholarships are above what you normally get does it make a difference on your bill. So that's why it's at the bottom. That's not one of the better ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a lot on scholarships. And I just want to bring to your attention now this square right here. That's called the net price calculator, which will take you from sticker price to what you as a family might be expected to contribute. And if you're going through that and struggling with that, then just call the advisor. They'll do exactly the same thing for you in person. They're just hoping that for people that don't like talking on the phone, that this is a good resource out there so that you don't get stopped when you see a $35,000 sticker price. Because no one's going to pay that. Um, we've got another 10 minutes now before we finish. Are there any more? I 
questions or do you want to see a few more of the websites that I listed? Zinch, Z-I-N-C-H dot com. And then Petersons dot com is another external scholarship website. Petersons, the, the, the plural, Petersons dot com. What I, what I said about what we should be doing each year of high school, I actually got from this website, which is run out of our North American division. Um, Believe it or not, all of the recruiting departments of the Adventist universities get together for conferences and to do further education together every year. So we do all work together very friendly um, and support each other with tools and resources. So this is another website to go to. You'll find that it all in a handout on there. And you can apply for free to three university colleges of your choice, um, especially homeschoolers. You might want to remember that because you won't. Be. If you're next to an Adventist school, you can find out when they're on tour here, and you can actually come into the school and meet personally with all the recruiters, because from September through to November, they do a tour together around all the Adventist academies across the country. And Lake Union is sometime like the first or second week in October, is the Lake Union tour. So for homeschool parents, that would be a good chance to meet in person and ask questions and stuff. I'm sure they wouldn't mind you coming along at the school to, to one of those things. Yeah, it's grueling for the recruiters that are doing that. <laughs> but um, yeah, they go from North Washington up to Canadian schools and down to tips of Florida and up to Maine and yeah, it's quite the tour. So that's an interesting website. Um, and then don't forget Khan Academy for Filling in holes in education. Even if you're at an Adventist school and you feel you're really just struggling in English, you want to improve some English, Khan Academy, it's... And you can do a whole homeschool syllabus from Khan Academy K through 12. They've got some awesome tools on there. Um, let me show you the, the homeschool one quickly on the Andrews page. I'm, what I'm going to do is go to the search box and type in homeschool and see what comes up, see if it comes up. Yep, it does, it goes right to the free college. They're the two girls that I was talking about where one got a full ride. That's the girls right there. Um, so this is the old style website, this hasn't got updated yet. But as you're going through high school, you're going to get a lot of resources here as a teacher or as a homeschool parent, um, and to find out what we actually offer to the high school students while they're still in high school for the way of college. So if you want to look at how to do a transcript, it's homeschool to college. Um, they, we list some recommended classes to take during high school, and then here's the preparing the transcript. So it goes through the ins and outs of doing a transcript. And um, we do finish at 3.15, I think. So, and then there's one more thing on here that I saw. Everything that I've said in this webinar is pretty much in a written form on this pre-college website, on the Preparing for College website. Um, myself and uh, one of the directors at the university built this website together. I was feeding her information. She was punching it in. So you're going to get a lot of it repeated there. And if you spend time reading on it, you're going to find the live webinar link that is on here for when I did this presentation online as a webinar. So, and it's got all these websites listed there still. And so that would be the place to go if you want to try and remember something that we've covered today. And please do stop by me at the booth if you've got any questions beyond what we can do in the next five minutes or want some of the materials that I've spoken about. Yeah? yeah? I don't think we've analyzed that. I'll put it this way. We have two recruiters for Adventist schools. We have one recruiter for public school. And then we have one recruiter for transfer students and homeschooled. And homeschooled for me was a very small portion. So that gives you some idea of the ratio there because we're basically working with the same number of students. So I think personally that homeschool students is an untapped market. 
And I kept telling them that we need to do more for homeschoolers, more for homeschoolers, which is why this page came up and why I did the webinar. And I was, but then I, I decided I wanted to change and quit. Um, <laughs> so it's hard to find homeschoolers. Camp meeting is an awesome place to find some of them, but they're all out there in their homes. And, um, yeah, it's a, the easiest market is the Adventist students at the Adventist schools. That is the easiest place for us to find prospective students. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Um, it's a conference wide. It's conference wide. Let's have closing prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you could be here with us at this seminar and opened eyes and ears to everything there is available in college and choices. Please be with us now as we consider and contemplate choices for the, your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.